You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to the Win Win podcast. This is your host, as always, Ben Wolf. Uh, we're going to learn from our guest today how to run a fully remote company. And I should say not just run, but successfully run a fully remote company. With that, I want to get into introducing our guest today, again, on this topic of how to successfully run a fully remote company. Uh, he is the founder and head of Summit CPA, which is the virtual CFO division of Anders CPAs and Advisors. Uh, he's the author of two books, uh, Digital Dollars and Cents and Building the Virtual CFO Firm in the Cloud, among many other accomplishments. You can learn more about him at summitcpa.net. And with that, I give you Jody Grunden. Welcome, Jody, and let me know if I pronounced your name correctly. Yeah, you sure did. Perfect. Thanks, Ben, for having me. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Well, so I want to ask you, I guess the first question is if you can, you know, just give us a quick two-minute background that'll help people understand kind of some context about how you got to be where you are and also specifically uh, context for understanding what we're going to be talking about today, which is that uh, successfully building and running a virtual, a fully remote company. Yeah, no, sounds great. I don't know if two minutes is a long enough time here, but uh, I'll squeeze it in for you. Um, started uh, Summit CPA Group back in 2002. Bootstrapped it completely, had no money, no bank accounts. You know, really just took off on a whim and said, hey, I'm going to do this. You know, I, 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 I didn't fit in the public accounting arena. It just wasn't my type. And then I didn't fit in the private world either. And so it was one of those things I had to figure out what to do and the entrepreneurial spirit came out and said, Hey, let's do this, but let's do it differently. And let's change the way that people think about accounting in general. And so that was the, uh, the, the goal when I started out and uh, with that uh, changed the way that we did billing, you know, we didn't bill by the hour anymore. We didn't dress up in suits and ties. We didn't, uh, you know, we, we did, we, we didn't have a 40 hour work week half, you know, three quarters of the year and, and then kill each other from January through May with tax season, you know, working 80 hours. We didn't do any of that stuff. And I wasn't going to do that stuff. And so we had to kind of figure out, you know, how to do it a little differently. And so that's when we, you know, started really working on this uh, virtual CFO concept. And we, at about two years within the practice, we converted everybody to like a fat, flat fee uh, model and, you know, really a value-based model type of thing. And then we actually started uh, meeting with clients on a regular basis, monthly or weekly, and really kind of helping them out. And, and it was it was the cool thing about it was it, initially it was actually they were coming to our office because at that point we did have an office. And so they're coming to our office and, and it's like, well, this is great, but this can be really hard to scale. So we had to kind of figure out a way to make it scale better. And, and so we started experimenting with, you know, hey, don't come to the office. Let's meet at home. And, you know, we use the phone and all that kind of stuff. We kind of tried to figure out how to make this make this work. And so it's kind of like building the airplane as you're, you know, flying you know, yeah. through the air type of a thing. And, uh, you know, real, real quickly we realized, hey, uh, we don't have a ton of money. So we got to figure something else out on how to do this invoicing thing because it just wasn't working out. And so we created a subscription-based billing model, which we started zapping their accounts every month. You know, it was, it was every, every, the first day of every month, we'd zap their account for the work that we were going to do. And thought, this is great. Clients loved it. It was perfect. And then we started meeting with clients more frequently, more on a weekly basis. We thought, hey, let's zap their account every Monday. And so Monday's not like not my favorite day of the, of the week for sure, because we zap all their accounts on Monday. So that basically we take, you know, that, that's where we, that's our revenue stream. So we don't have that AR. And so we, we started building this model and it wasn't picking up extremely fast until we started, you know, really focusing on a vertical. And then once we created that vertical, we thought, hey, this is great. Uh, so we, yeah, it, it started really blowing up. We're picking up four to five clients a month. 
you know, and it was really just, it was, the steam was really going there, but it wasn't until we decided to make that virtual leap that we really saw the difference. And uh, we, we did it. And I wish I could say that it was all my idea, but it wasn't. We, one of the first clients that we had in the, as a virtual CFO in the creative agency space was a company called Lullabot throughout of Rhode Island. And we we're in Indiana at that time, 18 folks, you know, brick and mortar. And, uh, and they called up and said, hey, we'd love for you to be our virtual CFO. And we're like, hey, that's great. And, hey, where are you located? And he goes, well, we're located in, in Rhode Island, but we're actually all across the United States and all across the world. We got, we got folks everywhere. And it was like, wow, this is a kind of a cool concept. Never heard of this remote idea before back in you know, 2011-ish. And, but within two years, you know, after picking them up as a client, within two years, kind of figuring out what they were doing right, what they were doing wrong, and how they actually did it. And the culture that they had, I thought, well, we could do this. And so I stood in front of everybody in our stand-up meetings. You know, we always had stand-up meetings, you know, just to make sure things flowed pretty quick. We always start off with a joke of the day. And with that joke of the day, it was like, hey, we're going to go remote. And it was like, everybody's like, okay, where's the punchline? Good joke, right? (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to change? And so, you know, it wasn't. And so we thought, hey, let's go remote. But, you know, the whole thing is everybody said, it can't happen. We can't do this. We're, we're, we, we've got to, we've got to meet with each other. We got to do all this and, and we don't have internet and, you know, all the different things that you hear about why you can't go remote or why you can't work remote. My team was like throwing it back at me like daggers. And so it was like, wow, I had a decision to make. Do I lose my entire team and go remote or do I, you know, just make, make, make do with what I have. And I thought, well, I gave, I caved in, I made do with what we had. I started, I, I started a hundred thousand dollar model project on my building so that we it would it would be more conducive for bigger staff and really kind of have a, a kind of a cool place for the team to be. And I kicked everybody out for about six weeks, and that six weeks probably turned into about eight weeks uh, with construction. And uh, by the time that six to eight weeks came around, nobody wanted to come back in the office. It was like <laughs> they all loved the idea. Right. It was like wow, <laughs> you know, this is. But pretty, you guys in 2011 had kind of a mini COVID, right, where everybody was forced to work remotely for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's exactly what happened. It because you know, fast forward the COVID, that's exactly what happened here, uh, and th- they loved it. And with the exception, of maybe two or three people, everybody from the office said, "Hey, let's do it." And so I thought, "Wow, this is a great opportunity." Huh. You know, do I want? You know, I've got this kind of hybrid workforce now. We've got a a building which they could come back to. We could have meetings if we wanted to. But then everybody was actually truly in the same city, so they could come to the office because they used to come to the office. And then I thought, you know what, let's really do this, do this, you know, and, and let's just hire people all across the United States. And so I started doing that, started hiring people across the United States. And it, it was kind of forcing the, the situation. I, I was forcing the idea that, hey, we were not going to come back and live in this office if it didn't work. You know, we're, we're throwing away the life, you know, the life, you know, the lifeboat here. We're not, we're not, we're not doing it. And, and it just kind of really just kind of ramped up to where uh, we grew the firm to uh, from third, you know, from 18 people back in 2011, 2012, 13 area to uh, 50 some people in 2022, and just really kind of blew up. Where we were doubling our size every three years in growth, mm. you know, providing the CFO services. We could grow profitably. We could hire the right people because they're all over the place, and we could really develop that solid culture that was important in a, a CFO firm or really any kind of remote firm or any kind of firm really in right. general. Was that basically and an employment model? Are, are, are CFOs in your, on your team their employees? 100%. Full-time employees, uh, with the exception of some folks uh, in India. We have some Philippines and in Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. So those are contractors. But outside of those folks, yeah, 100% employee-based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, okay. So starting in around 2013, you're like fully remote all in. When'd you get rid of the office? I uh, got rid of the, well, we actually never got rid of the office. Oh, so the office still is have still it now? there. Okay. Don't use it. It's rented out to other folks. Okay. So the, I own the office. Right. So the office okay, is, uh, is still there, but we, we, we got rid of the building to come back to the office. It was within a year um, after we went remote. Uh, we actually started leasing out stuff. You know, it, it was pretty bad too. Cause we, it was a really cool office too. The, the cool part about it was uh, you spent all that a, money renovating. We spent a ton of money and it never got used ever. And the, the painful part about it was the new tenants came in and they redid the entire thing. Oh, yeah. So, so, so yeah, so it was just a, uh, it was a fun experiment. You know, it, it was definitely a hundred thousand dollars. Well worth it uh, because without, without having that ability to, to really, uh, you wouldn't grow, have gone remote. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have gone remote. We wouldn't have expanded. There's no right. way we could have because right. you know, you, you your whole local. Process, you're building a lot of times, right? You make decisions based on what space I have left. Whereas, remote the sky's the limits on how much or who you can hire and when you can hire those right. folks. Right. Well, let me ask you this. I'm sure you probably made a lot of mistakes oh, yeah. when you were building or growing or running the company remote. I'm sure you did a lot of things well and started doing things di differently after those mistakes. Tell me about some of these mistakes, some of the best choices of how to do it, you know, some of the mistakes that you made and, you know, wh why they didn't work. So other mm -hmm. people, obviously, who are you yeah. know want to have a remote company or have a remote company and mm -hmm. having issues can learn. Yeah, the, I would say Ben, the coolest thing about it was I had somebody that was a mentor. I had another company that was doing it right, and so it was something we could model a lot of the things that we. Is that were that doing. client is that that client in Rhode Island? That was that client. Yeah, yeah. they're still client today. So it, mm -hmm. yeah, it it was nice because we had something. We had a foundation. You know, hey. Oh, they have retreats. Oh, let's do retreats. Oh, they, they, they use, you know, different things for communication. Let's do the same thing. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that we were able to take advantage of. And like I said, it wasn't me that invented that. I just simply took right. what they were and, and implemented myself. But one big takeaway is not reinventing the wheel, but like oh. talking to other people who feel like they're doing it successfully and they feel like it's going well, see what they're doing and imitate it. So you could not reinvent the wheel. Why, why do that? I a hundred percent agree. And you know, the, the biggest thing that we found is communication. So uh, communication is important in a brick and mortar company, but super, super, super important. And it's got to be intentional in a remote company. And so what, what do I mean by that? Uh, because we were hybrid for a little while where we had some folks in the office there for about a year. And then we had the folks outside of the office. And it was like, well, I couldn't have people in the office come to me because I had to be in the office. You know, so I created this idea and I'm here, I'm stuck in the office. I didn't want to be in uh, for about a year. And, and so people are coming to me, they're knocking at my door and it's like that. I, I'm like, no, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to communicate on the exact same platform so that, you know, Ben, you're in, you know, Wyoming or whatever. You can see that, hey, I'm meeting with 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 Bob or meeting with Jill or whatever. And, and again, creating that same type of atmosphere that they would all have the same experience. And it wasn't until we we actually brought on a, a product called Sococo, which is our basically our virtual office, S-O-C-O-C-O, -O -O, love, love it. And it gave you that Sim City look. You know, it gave you the look that hey, you've got 30 people on the team. Here are their little emojis all over the place. You, they got little offices there. You can kind of see when they when they come in the office. You can see when they're talking to people. You can see when they're meeting. And it was cool because I could I could see that you and you know somebody else were were, were meeting. And I I need to talk to you both. So I knock on your door and they hear a knocking sound. Automatically pops up on video. And so now the three. What of is us, that? Is that like a uh, Zoom? Like, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, it's kind of like a Zoom that? type thing. It, it's called Sococo. It's S-O-C-O-C-O. -O -O. You got to look it's, it up. It's, it's for cool. remote companies? Like, remote what companies, if you're talking yeah. by Slack or email or by phone, 
like did, are all those somehow integrated so that yeah, knows when yeah, people are talking sure. regardless yep. of the medium or do you just specify it has to be on a certain medium yeah so so the, the so basically with, with Sofelco it's it's on your computer right and so you log into it's a web web based web based software we don't use phones uh, we haven't used phones in a long time everything is through uh, Sococo internally, then we use like Zoom or, you know, something, you know, GoToMeeting or uh, Teams or whatever it is, whatever the communication platform for clients is, we use that outside of that, uh, but typically don't use the phone at all. And uh, the, the beauty about it is it gives you the feeling of being in an office with not being in an office, you know, because, mm-hmm. no, and you don't know where people live. You don't really care. There's So there's no East Coast, West Coast bias. There's no, you know, oh, I, I live overseas. I don't because you know what? You're, you're sitting right next to the person that their office is right there. You're knocking on the door. They answer just like they would normally. And it, it makes you feel. It's, it's just it, a pretend it, office layout on the screen. Yeah, it's pretty how cool. And I, I know this, how much. Oh, it's pretty cheap. It's like I, I'd have to look into it, but it's it's by user and it's very, very, very reasonable. Um, it's not expensive at all. Never even heard and there's of a software okay. program similar to that out there. But, you know, Skoko is the one that we went with. Okay. Well, what else? What, what what are some of the maybe missteps or things that you tried and maybe found it didn't work that other people might be thinking of trying yeah. or maybe they're already doing? I that? would say I would say the other thing is is that you know of course we were fully remote and we were growing you know pretty quickly about eight people a year we're adding people all the time. Um, it, it, it's kind of funny when you're growing that fast and you're fully remote, you have to make sure that you say what you want to say over and over and over and over again because people one don't hear you the first mm-hmm. time. The second time they don't hear, then you got eight more people on the team that never heard you to begin with. And so, if you've got something that's super important, you've got to continually, you know, mm. continually you know, talk about it, which is really important. But, but I would say, you know, that, that that's a that's a big that's a big part of it. But I would also say a big part of culture is that remote people uh, they start feeling like they're on an island after a while. And so, you have to really be really intentional about seeking out and and just chatting with you. You know, hopping on and. Hey, you know, hey, Ben, how's things going? I haven't talked to you in a long time. You know, just things like that you don't even think about uh, because in a, in a brick and mortar, you bump into that person and right. you ask that same question, right? With remote, you've got to be super intentional. Mm. And uh, what, what I would say that one of the biggest things that, um, that I see people uh, r- really, really don't take advantage of is that we have team retreats every six months. And uh, oh, every six months. And that's required. Every, it travels required. paid for. Yep. Everything, everything's is... paid for travels paid for. And it's, an, and it's really truly an experience for them. And what I mean by that is we spend about $3,000 a person, so it could get really expensive, but keep in mind, we don't have a facility cost either. So it's kind of a right. trade-off replacing you know, the facility. See, yeah. You, you're losing the facility, but you've got the, uh, you've got that expense. And, how, long, and so how long is it? How many nights? It, it usually starts on a Wednesday. Well, actually it always starts on a Wednesday. So everybody arrives on a Wednesday. They have a uh, cocktail hour, and then we break up into small groups of eight, and we we do that, and we mix, we, we intentionally mix the groups of eight up to go out for dinner, and so that they're meeting with people they've never spoke with before, or maybe haven't talked with, you know, very frequently. And they and don't do work that. with day to day, maybe. Yeah, because what happens is when you have a remote team, they're only as big as the number of people they work with. So right. I could be a hundred person company, but if right. I only work with five people, I might as well be a five person company. And so what happens is when you do that you, you now force them to meet with eight people so now they're now when they go home they've had they, they, they've had 18 or 13 people and then the next time they have a little bit more and more and more and you find that the number one reason why people stay employed or work with the company is because they have a friend there and, and with that that's how you develop that friendship you know because you go out you're h- hanging out with them you, very rarely are you talking about work it's, you know you're talking about everything else you're getting to know that person 
And then we have, after every night, we have a safe place where people can come back to. And we usually like run out a, um, a suite somewhere or a penthouse somewhere and have a bartender and just have somewhere they can go, come back. Everybody can come back and, and, and join and, and just hang out, play cards, do whatever. And uh, it, it's pretty cool because they usually stay out really late at night because, again, they've been starving to meet their teammates and have fun right. with them and that sort of thing. And so it's the opposite. And then when we start the next morning, which would be Thursday morning, we don't start until 11 o'clock. We have breakfast at 10. We start at 11. It gives them a chance to, if they want to catch up on stuff with their clients, they can do that. If they, if they just partied too hard Wednesday night, you know, they're not feeling like they're coming in with a hangover at eight o'clock in the morning, you know, that type of thing. So we want to make it a very nice, pleasurable thing. And then we workshop throughout the day until about five o'clock. And those are mostly soft skills stuff you know, how to deal with conflict, you know, how to work with people, how, you know, maybe it's a disc profile, or maybe you're talking about all the different tools out there that people that can really kind of help people, you know, mm -hmm. in, a, in an environment period. And then we have a happy hour again, and then we have a dinner, again, the same type of thing, very next day, we repeat it again, which is Friday. And then we, and, and Friday after dinner, we don't have happy hour, we actually have a, a pretty nice, all inclusive dinner, where everybody's going to be at the same dinner, um, and we might have, you know, hundred people there, 50 people, depends on how many people you got. Right. And we usually have something like, like we went to Nashville, we had a singer songwriter entertain us while we're eating dinner. And, uh, and at that time we allowed spouses to come. And so spouses could join on that Friday if they wanted to and, uh, be part of the team. And, and it's pretty cool. Cause you see all these people introducing their spouses, to their teammates that they'd never seen before. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going through and it makes it really a fun thing. And, and then we, we, we allow the spouses you know, and, and the employees, if they want to extend their stay wherever we're at, uh, they can extend it for a couple of days on our, not on our dime, but on our reduced rates that mm -hmm. the hotel might, might give. And so it kind of yeah. makes it a mini vacation, even potential for their spouse. And so it, it, it's, it's a really something that the team always looks forward to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say very Is there rarely, like a pushback? Like, cause just to be days away from home, maybe they have kids back home, you, you, would uh, think you know, traveling. So. Not at all. Yeah, we, we, we don't. We, we typically, I would say we have probably 90, 95% of the folks that are on the team will be at the retreat. And mm -hmm. if they're not, they're pregnant, you know, something's happening where they can't, you okay. know, maybe it's a graduation or whatever. Some serious uh, reason why they can't. Serious reason. Yeah. And we very, very, very rarely get any pushback, which is, which is cool because that kind of gives you some idea with the culture of the, of the, of the, of yeah. the actual company, right? People want to hang out with each other. And it's not like the typical company retreat where you go there and you can't wait for the five o'clock to hit. And then you make an excuse why you go home early. <laughs> you know, it's not that, you know, people just enjoy it. And they it's just more for the culture building and the social 100%. building and the social fabric more yeah. than the, you know, content delivery. Exactly. We, we have one or two technical things and that's because some people like the technical thing, you know, people, everybody, you know, thinks differently, but 90% of it is a hundred, you know, hundred percent culture and, mm. and really developing it. And uh, that's been great. And, and since we merged with um, a firm in, uh, in April called Anders, they have an office located in St. Louis. One of our treats is actually going to be there, which is even cooler because now they get a chance to meet the 400 other folks that right. they'll never meet <laughs> in any circumstance because it's not even remote that they're doing something completely remotely different than the virtual CFO stuff. Maybe mm -hmm. it's audit or tax or something that or investment or whatever, whatever the other things right. are. And, and just even broadens it even more and makes, makes people sticky. You know, they, they, they love, they love being around people and they love being around, you know, lo love doing that. And the, the key though is making it fun and making it an experience versus something that they're going to 
right. a tax seminar for all day long learning tax code or something stupid right. like that. You know, right. I know, uh, I know another, another remote company, Titus Talent Strategies that does that might be only once a year for them, but it's also do just like a crazy bang out, you know, uh, retreat. They bring everybody to every year from all over. Mm -hmm. What happens, I guess, like, what's the difference in the running this business? If you would do this retreat versus you would not do this retreat, like, do you have separate staff running it? Like that are like fully dedicated, almost full time to planning every, you know, every, every six months, these retreats, I mean, the travel, the logistics, I can't even imagine the the amount of hours involved in this. Ton of time involved. And so we have an event coordinator that uh, we contract out, uh, not, not currently on the staff and, Mm -hmm. and that, and she is, Super great. I mean, she can find the location. She talks to me about all the different places because location is important. Uh, we don't want to go somewhere where nobody's not, you know, where people aren't going to want to go to. So we make it fun. You know, Nashville, Scottsdale, Indianapolis. And I'm from Nashville, by the way, so I appreciate there that. There you go. There you go. So Nashville is our last retreat. Uh, surprised I didn't see you, but uh, I didn't. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm in so, Long Island, so, New York right now, but originally Nashville. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have the, we have the we we have her, and then we have a um we 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 what's also important is we have another gentleman on the team that he he's basically a people ops person has nothing to do with HR nothing to do with accounting but he's his responsibility is is really kind of putting out fires and so he he meets with our team you know every two you know he, basically we have two folks that do the exact same thing they both meet with the team uh, every other week and they're you know they're just kind of hey how's things going you know, half an hour meeting, you know, that type of thing. And, and so that, so it, that was a super important uh, buy. We, we did that about six years ago and that yeah. was huge because it really kind of helped everything. Well, that person's well, how really so? in developing these conferences. Okay. And how so? What, say more, say a drop more about what you mean about how, what, what yeah. the difference? Cause I, I haven't heard of that like as a separate yeah, concept. So, so wh- wh- why yeah, so did that make we, such a difference? Oh, it's huge because what happens is when, when you're, when you, when you are remote, and this probably goes the same way with brick and mortar. So I can't say that it's just simply a remote thing versus a brick and mortar thing. But what, what, what happened was, is that, you know, you, you start develop because you're not hanging out with each other as much, right? You're not. Right. And then you start creating stories in your head. At least for me, I did, you know, creating stories in my head. Hey, why isn't Adam talking to me? Is Adam not like me anymore? What's going on there? Why did Adam say that? You know, and, and this, this person we were while meeting with them can kind of coach me, kind of like a business coach type of thing, can coach me and say, you know, hey, this is what he actually meant. You know, he, he meant this and this and this. Why don't, you, why don't you approach it this way and see what he says and kind of, kind of guide me and help me, um, you know, kind of learn how to, how to talk to people a little bit better, how to communicate with people or how to communicate with a client. Maybe a client just blew up at me for no reason at all. I'm like, well, what the heck just happened there? You know, I meet with the coach and, the, you know, he, he's, he's, he actually kind of guides me and says, hey, you need to do this or this. Or what about doing this? Don't do that. You know, all, all the different things that you need to know to really kind of help you grow your, 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 um, your knowledge or basically help you get more, you know, better at what you do. And, and, and then we felt it was important because we, we wanted, we don't want anybody feeling like they're on, on an island there. And so being remote was, was a new thing for a lot of folks, you know. You know, doing the CFO thing was a new thing for a lot of folks. It was it was a new concept. Remote was a new concept, and I needed somebody in there to to kind of help people through it if they had any issues. And that's what that that's what that person did. That people mm-hmm. our people house person did was meet with those folks um, and, and really kind of help them through everything. You know, hey, Kristen told me to do this. You know, I think I should do that. What should I do? You know, who should I go to, or how do I do that? And it wasn't like technical stuff. And I'm not talking to any technical because he has no accounting experience at all. It was mm-hmm. all people op stuff. 
And we felt it was so important. Again, it's a big investment. We, we, we spend about $90,000 a year just on that one individual. We have another individual. So we spend close to $200,000 a year on, on two folks that are really kind of helping us and helping our team uh, grow. And we find right. that we have very low turnover because of that. Uh, and wow. uh, there's many factors to it, but I would say that's probably the biggest factor because those folks can identify when people are you know, feeling disconnected and really kind of bring them back into the folder or find a solution to bring them back in. And uh, which is really important because, you know, obviously talent's hard to, hard to find nowadays, especially it's hard to keep. And that, I think those two folks are, are, are integral in helping us and maintaining that low, that low turnover rate. Right. Well, that, that is super interesting. I mean, thinking about, I mean, just some of those things you just mentioned, the, the, you know, the, the retreat maybe costing around 3000 per person per year mm-hmm. uh, or per retreat. I forgot what you said. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, these two, these two roles that are full-time uh, kind of in people operations, the, the yep. event coordinator, the actual cost of the, the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see how the fact that you are an employment model, as far as the model that you chose, yep. uh, is part, you know, partly makes that feasible. I mean, there might, I can mm-hmm. imagine there'd be some other uh, business models. And I mean, look, most businesses are an employment model. Right. But in the fractional executive world, just because my mind goes there, you know, mm-hmm. there's ones that are set up like a partnership. There's ones that are franchises. There's ones that are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's ones that are employment model, there's 1099 model, uh, yep. all sorts of things. You know, I just imagine that, you know, it's, 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 it's quite relevant. Like, to, are you going to have the resources to do these kinds of things, you know, and, and how you, how you choose to do compensation, how you choose to do as your business model is going to be very mm-hmm relevant and whether or not you're going to have those resources. That's exactly right. Yeah. We had to change, change everything. And COVID really brought a lot, a lot of, I guess, faults in our, our model. And I, I would say faults because, you know, prior, prior to COVID, you know, we're, we're paying, you know, if you talk about compensation models, we're paying everybody on a national, national scale. So we're paying everybody right at the national level the entire time, no matter where you move in the United States, you're still getting paid at the national level type of thing. And so we didn't have a lot of folks on the East or West coast. Everybody's kind of in the middle somewhere and, and you know, it worked out really, really well. But when COVID came, you know, then everybody had to work from home. You know, our, our team was spotlighted. It's like, Oh my gosh, you know, Hey, these guys are already doing it right. <laughs> Let's pick them off. And so it, what was happening is our team was getting, you know, 30, 40, $50,000, you know, offers over and above what they're currently making. It was mm. like, we couldn't counter. So we had to figure out how to, what, what to do. If we wanted to survive in this remote world yeah. and not just picked off, we had to figure it out. And so what we did is we came up with a base and variable comp program. And what, what that did is it gave them a base, the national average, 50%, you know, just what they were doing, but it, they had the ability to control how much they make. If they want to put more, if they want to be more efficient and be able to handle a bigger book of business. And so what I mean by that is we typically had our, account level people managing about a $600,000 book of business. And we would provide that, you know, they wouldn't have to go out and get it or anything like that. Um, and anything over and above that, you know, we're, we're like celebrating the win. Like, Hey, we just picked up a big client. And they're like, Oh, you picked up a big client. <laughs> Bummer. That just means more work for me. Right. You know, that type of, we, we had to get rid of that. And, and so we, we created the variable comp so that if they picked up a bigger client. They, they actually shared in that, that bigger client. And, and so they so it's not based yes, on geography. It's not like if you live in New York, you get X percent above average, right. or if you live in, you know, uh, Poughkeepsie, you, you know, you, you have some, some lower percentage above base. Um, it, it's based on, based on the, the work that you're managing. Exactly. And people loved it because we had people coming right out of college, maybe a couple of years out of college. And they're like, 
I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's like, well, in our old model, it's like, eh, wrong company <laughs> that can't happen. But it's like, no, here's the path. If you, if you want to make a hundred thousand dollars, it's going to take you X long to get there, you know, maybe six months to a year. Uh, but here's what we'll do. And we'll, we'll continue adding clients to you, but we have to make sure that, you know, the client feedback is coming through really positive. If you can get to X, Y, Z dollar amount there, here's the dollar amount you're making. Maybe it's 105, 110. And we've had people do that. We've had a person right out of college that's making over a hundred thousand dollars just because they were able to do well within the model and they had a high capacity to, mm-hmm. to work with clients. And, and it was great because it gave them the autonomy to figure out what they wanted to do. But it also, which was a kind of a, a benefit also we found out is that we had a had a lady that was going on maternity leave and she was contemplating, do I leave? Do I not come back? You know, what do I do? And so she came to us and talked to us about it. And we're like, well, what we're going to do is we're just reduce the amount of clients you're working on. Your pay will go down accordingly, but you're, you'll be fine. And she's like, okay, I, I'd like to work on eight clients or six clients or whatever. And it's like, great, here they are. And then she was, she went through the you know, maternity leave and, then, and there was a time frame She didn't want any clients. That was great. She moved it down to zero. And then she started her base pay and all that kind of stuff. And then she came back. She's like, you know, I'm going to gradually move into this. I don't want to just jump right in and, and, and pop, pick up my 12 client, you know, book I had before. And so she picked up eight. And so her pay went up a little bit. And then, then it was like four months later, she's like, I'm ready to go. Boom. She picked up four more, you know, we gave her four more and now she's back to where she was. And so it wasn't one of those HR nightmares where you're going through and trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to compensate somebody you know, she was able to reduce her pay, reduce her book of business, reduce her workload, and then move it back up when she felt it was it was time to move it back up. And it, it just made a ton of sense. It was great. It was a great experience for her. And, um, you know, it was like, it, it was just an unintended consequence of something we put together, you know, to, to incentivize people. It, it did, it did it incentivize people to actually have that autonomy. Right. Well, th- this is amazing. Like, I really, really appreciate this conversation. I think there's, I mean, between the, between the, the retreats and the, uh, the, you know, the, the, that kind of novel base plus, you know, client load concept, uh, and, uh, you know, the virtual office software that you guys use and, and a lot <laughs> of these things here are really, really great takeaway points, really great story. Really appreciate what you were able to share on all this. Uh, you know, thank you so much. Oh, for sure, Ben. It was great. It was great uh, hanging out with you today. Yeah, you too. Awesome. I appreciate it, Jody. And, Everybody else, we'll see you on the other side. Thank you. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.